Hi, you're listening to The Climate Show with Zoe McLennan and Simon Banderob, where we talk about anything and everything related to climate change. Over the past couple weeks, we've mentioned repeatedly that this show is in collaboration with Divest McGill, but we have yet to speak to someone from Divest. A few months ago, I sat down with Nina Shear and Jed Lineski, two members of Divest, on the Monday morning after show here at CKUT 90.3 FM, and interviewed them about Divest. This interview actually sparked the idea for the climate show as a whole. However, we thought it was time to sit down with someone within the context of the climate show and talk about Divest. That's why we chose to speak to Victor Frankel, organizer at Divest McGill and PhD student, who gave us an insight into what the organization has been up to. Here's what he had to say. We are now here with Victor Frankel. He is an organizer at Divest McGill and a PhD student at McGill. Yeah, we're going to talk to you about Divest McGill. Great. Great. I'd love to talk about it. So start for starters, um, as to mention, Simon is here as well. He's here for the discussion. Hi, Simon. Hey there. <laughs> so we're going to continue on. Um, first of all, I think an important clarification to make and that we've made before, but I think we should recap it, is what exactly is divestment? Yeah, uh, excellent uh, way to start things off. So uh, divestment in a very simple terms is the opposite of investment. It's a... Um, strategy of uh, mobilizing financial resources away from a particular sector um, in industry or even uh, geographic uh, political uh, region, but essentially moving assets away from something uh, that you are concerned about and ideally into something else. So it's the opposite of investment. And what is Divest McGill urging McGill to divest from? So Divest McGill has been focusing for more than three years now to uh, urge our university's administration to move our assets away from fossil fuels and into renewable energies. McGill's endowment, and um, let me emphasize that Divest McGill specifically focuses on addressing the endowment. McGill's endowment is approximately $1.3 billion, and about $70 million of that is invested directly into fossil fuel companies, being those companies that extract, transport, process anything from coal to tar sands to natural gas, the principal uh, drivers of climate change. All right. Uh, yeah, we've been talking about carbon footprint a lot in the past couple of weeks, and uh, it, it seems that that's uh, kind of counterproductive to reducing the carbon footprint of uh, McGill. Um, yeah, so the divest movement has gained a lot of traction around Canada, in the, the States, in the UK. Um, what is McGill? What's, I know some universities have divested. How close or how far has McGill come to getting to that goal? What have you done in the past so far? Well, It's complicated, actually, because McGill has actually divested in some way from fossil fuels, but they haven't said anything to anybody about it. So if you look closely at McGill's quarterly reports um, on their investments, they have published openly. It's free. uh, You could access it on the Internet. You go to McGill Board of Governors, and then you can go into... Uh, a link that gives you a financial breakdown of the assets of the endowment invested in both Canadian corporations as well as um, foreign companies. And you look at some of the the numbers and where their investments 
are, and they actually have taken out money, for example, away from Shell. But that divestment probably came from simply a financial reason. The reason that uh, divestment from fossil fuels right now um, in the past couple of years has been actually a very sound financial investment is because the the price of the hydrocarbon market has been very weak. Uh, last February, it actually went down to twenty six fifty a barrel, from coming down within one year from $104 per barrel of oil. So moving your money out of fossil fuels is actually a very sound financial decision, and we think that McGill made that decision simply because it was a sound financial decision. Now, what McGill does not want to do is, and what other universities that have not divested, such as MIT and Harvard, is they don't want their university to be perceived as a political tool. They want to maintain an air of, air of objectivity from political uh, tides. But the issue is that whether or not you want to divest out of fossil fuels for a political decision or not, it is actually what we need to do in order to invest both individually and institutionally away from fossil fuels and into renewable companies. We've been frustrated at the fact that provincial, federal governments in Canada and around the world have been so heavily invested in fossil fuels. Universities, private foundations, financial institutions, banks. Our society is really inherently financially very dependent on fossil fuels, but that doesn't have to be the case. We can move towards alternative resources. And the, the, the reason why... Uh, divestment has been uh, centrally a political campaign, and it really is. It's trying to address public policy, both in our universities, in our institutions, as well as in our political systems, is because it came out of the campaigns in South Africa where universities, including McGill, divested away from companies doing business in South Africa to put political pressure on uh, the government of South Africa to end apartheid. In the 90s, divestment campaigns focused then on tobacco companies, moving assets away from tobacco companies to put political pressure on these companies to change the way they're doing things, to not advertise to children, to not uh, basically be able to lie to the public to say, oh, tobacco doesn't cause cancer, which they were lying for 30 years. Now, yeah. these same companies... Um, fossil fuel companies are using the same lobbying firms to, again, lie to the public saying climate change isn't real, the science is unclear, the same rhetoric that was used uh, on tobacco. Now, again, politically, divestment is trying to isolate and stigmatize the fossil fuel industry, but at the same time, it also is trying to capitalize literally on the resources that we have um, on the financial sectors in order so that we could reinvest in companies that are in the renewable energy so that they can move from uh, research and development into production and so that we can invest in the companies that are already in production to scale them to a level that we can actually make a significant uh, dent in our carbon footprint and away from fo our reliance on fossil fuels. All right. Okay. So... 
Okay, so you've, you've explained to us uh, the, the theory behind divestment and some of the and, and the history of that movement. Um, but what uh, what concrete steps are you taking? Like, um, what concrete steps are you taking right now uh, to achieve those goals? You've got like a partial measure of success now that they've divested a little bit out of shell, but you know there's still a ways to go. Yeah, absolutely. So, so again. McGill did not say anything to anybody about divesting from Shell. It was a financial decision. Um, But what came out of the campaign uh, over the past couple of years, but specifically uh, at the end of last spring, the Board of Governors did adopt several measures to uh, look for ways to invest in socially responsible companies. They mm. said that they would adopt United Nations principles of responsible investments, which is great. Okay. But there's a lot of ambiguity in the language that they're using. They also said uh, McGill will, will take a look at its carbon footprint and try to take actionable and measurable steps to decrease our carbon footprint. Now, though that's very ambiguous. How much carbon footprint are you talking about? How much mm. are you going to try to cut? And how much is it, you know, how much is the university going to commit to trying to decrease our carbon footprint? What I think it's important for students, faculty, and staff to do is be very conscious that our universities can be leaders, not only morally, but also functionally in our transition away from fossil fuels. So while McGill wants to decrease its carbon footprint, really what we need to do is get at becoming carbon neutral. Our university needs to take steps to really be ambitious about how much we're going to reduce our carbon footprint and where we can't because of our university, its its buildings are very old. Some of it, our infrastructure just cannot rely on uh, pure renewables. Mm -hmm. What we can do is try to offset some of that carbon footprint by going into the carbon market and say, look, let's let's try to offset some of our emissions by, you know, buying forests, as, for example, Cornell and other universities have done that have taken already very ambitious steps to becoming carbon neutral. What are some of the other steps you can take, like, campus-wise? Um, what can we do to become more carbon neutral on campus? Well, um, there's a big investment right now from the federal government that you're putting in some like $200 million into McGill University to try to uh, work on deferred maintenance, right? So there's a lot of construction happening on campus, but over the next few years, there's going to be a lot of money being put into McGill University with help from the federal government to try to essentially plug a lot of holes in old buildings Mm -hmm. to try to make our campus, you know, more energy efficient. So there's a lot of things happening institutionally that are moving to this end. But there needs also to be a, a more broader uh, a broader view of how McGill's activities in research and travel also contributes to our use and dependence on fossil fuels. So, for example, travel. We don't want to limit the the access that university professors and students have to be able to go to conferences and to do all these kinds of things that are important for their academic um, development. 
but we need to be conscious of our carbon footprint. So there's lots of things that McGill is doing to limit its carbon footprint, but we really need to be very ambitious about just how far we're willing to go to make sure that we're as green as possible. And so there's lots of opportunities. Um, and there's other things that the Board of Governors is doing also to expand uh, research and education on climate change. Uh, but all this that the that the Board of Governors has been committed to doing, we really need to push that very ambitiously forward to make sure that what we're doing is as much as we could possibly do. So I'm curious that does um does Divest McGill uh what what are, what are your what are your allies? Who who are your um who who what coalitions are you are you building? Who are you working with in uh in pursuit of these goals, like, do you are there are there any people like on the uh, um, on the board of directors or within the McGill administration who is who is who is sympathetic? Are there other on campus groups that you that you're working with? Uh, who else is in this fight? Well, I think one of the most inspiring things about climate justice in general is that it is addressing so many issues, mm-hmm. both economic, institutional. Climate justice is about social justice as well. Mm-hmm. And so because of the nature of climate change, of the, the, the impacts of climate change that will be most severe on people that could least afford to adapt to climate change, this, and the, the fact that a lot of environmental injustices are uh, victim uh, or are affecting disproportionately people um, that are already in marginalized communities, there's certainly a huge potential for the climate justice movement to continue to build coalitions um, in social justice groups, indigenous movements in Canada. Uh, So that's extremely, extremely heartwarming to know that we're in this fight together. Now, Devesse McGill is trying to fight the climate justice movement within the context of a university uh, environment, but the climate justice movement that's focusing on divestment is also very, very broad. There's mm. hundreds of universities around the world that are also working to divest their institutions away from fossil fuels. Climate Justice Montreal, which I believe you're speaking to next um, episode, is also working very hard on mobilizing the city of Montreal to work towards climate justice. In fact, um, Members of Deves McGill, we wrote a, uh, a, a memorandum to the city of Montreal in a public consultation period that happened last fall and spring to make the argument that public assets managed by the city of Montreal in pension funds mm-hmm. of public employees that are heavily invested in fossil fuels should be moved towards renewables. Now, let me make this very clear that McGill's endowment is $1.3 billion. Mm-hmm. Divesting $70 million is a great victory. And the fact that universities are, are pushing forward very ambitiously on this around the world, we, universities have a responsibility to be leaders in our society. But what's more encouraging is when financial institutions are divesting away from fossil fuels. Let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. Um, last year... The universities of California uh, divested $200 million away from fossil fuels. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. But a few weeks later, the 
two biggest public pension plans in the state of California divested $267 billion away from fossil mm-hmm. fuels. So what Divest McGill is also trying to do is catalyze divestment campaigns in public and private institutions in Montreal and around Canada and building strong coalitions with divestment campaigns in universities and, and private institutions, but also uh, in a broader coalitions of climate justice around Canada and around the world. All right, and uh, just to finish off here, um, I know September is coming around. That's a time where it's a big time for recruitment for Divest McGill, lots of new students coming in. Um, I know Fossil Free Week is coming up. What are uh, some of the ways people can get involved uh, com- coming September? Yeah, so first, uh, check out our website, divestmcgill.ca. Uh, we also got uh, Facebook groups, so you could stay tuned and, and stay informed on what we're doing. Uh, Fossil Free Week, yes, yeah, coming up in September, and we're, we're really excited about it. Uh, it's second annual. We started it last year. We had a bunch of workshops, teach-ins, rallies, vigils as well. We're trying to build first awareness on the urgency of climate change. But we're also trying to mobilize and inspire people to get active in their communities. And so because of the diversity of ways in which people can help to address climate change, we want to just mobilize and inspire people to get involved however they feel that they can. And so there's no limits to what people could do. Uh, They can get involved in student groups on campus, off campus. And we'll be bringing in, um, as Simon um, had pointed out, the, the, the need to build broad coalitions and so what we're doing is bringing in a lot of our allies so that we can we can really see how the fight that we're fighting at mcgill is part of a much broader fight for climate justice in canada and around the world So that's it for another episode of The Climate Show. We have live roundtable discussions with Divest McGill every four to six weeks, so stay tuned for more like this one in the near future. The Climate Show airs 8.30 to 9 every Monday on the Monday mornings after, is in collaboration with Divest McGill, and is a CKUT co-presentation. Climate change isn't over, but our show is. See you next week.